Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brandon D. Thanks so much for tuning in today, everyone. If you haven't already, Hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We are talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles today. Divisional round preview coming at you. No one else to do with than my man, Thomas Peterson. Thomas, how are we doing? We're doing good. I mean, playoff week, man. What else is there to say? We we had a rest week. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're feeling good. I mean... It's not only the players that 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 have these like that benefit from having these weeks off, man. We as fans have a good. I think it's good for us to kind of get the blood pressure down, get the pulse low, just sit back, watch some football, exactly. drink some beverages we enjoy. <laughs> but now it's go time. So, just uh, just heads up, it is currently seven twenty-two a.m. where I am, and it is what. 2 p.m. where you are so there's gonna be one guy probably with a little more energy than the other guy um it's <laughs> a heads up but uh i i'll be waking up as the podcast goes but we are we are previewing the divisional round eagles are hosting the new york giants on saturday night at 8 15 at the link um thomas before we kind of dive into the matchup and whatnot i want to just grab your instant reaction and kind of what you thought of when the giants did win and you realize that they are playing the new york giants I mean, I think everybody really had, after we've seen Giants versus Vikings uh, earlier in the season, I think it was pretty much in the cards for most people that, that Vikings, uh, Giants could very clearly get away with this uh, with this victory. I think they got plenty of pressure on uh, pressure on, on Kirk Cousins. They did a good job of shutting down Justin Jefferson. And if you shut down uh, Justin Jefferson and you're and you have a, a sound offense, I mean, that's the that's pr- uh, pretty much the, the recipe for for uh, beating the Vikings and. They, it came down to a nail biter, the nail biter, the last time, and I mean, I'm 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 glad the Giants won simply because of you know that that absurd roughing the passer penalty they called on fourth and what uh, on the last drive they extended the Vikings chances of winning that game. Like after that, I was I've never been more on board for a for a Giants team to win a game, um, but I guess the the football uh, the football uh, the love that we have for football kind of uh, came through there. It's like. Damn it, Giants need to win this game. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. That was one of the – I think I, I, I threw it at I'm like, this is like the only game Eagles fans should be allowed to cheer for the New York Giants. Um, I guess not cheer for, but you're okay with them winning, I guess is the right terminology yeah. for it. Um, I, if you listen to the podcast we did previously, I, I, I believed um, that they were going to be playing the New York Giants, so my prediction did come I right. I, I thought the New York Giants were going to upset the Minnesota Vikings. I thought the Vikings were frauds all year. And the Vikings and the Giants did prove that. I, I thought the Giants played really well. They yep. uh, they controlled that game from basically start to end. I guess it was in some limbo towards the end of the game. But in my opinion, if you watch that entire football game you, in your head, you probably knew that the New York Giants were going to win that game. They were the better team. 
Um, and yeah, you knew they, it was going to be close. I mean, Vikings played close games all season. Giants aren't yeah. really the team that come out and 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 put multiple scores up on a team and then maintain it. So I guess it kind of worked out the way we, we thought it would go. And mm-hmm. and really instant reaction to it as well is that I'm 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 glad that that um, Eagles are, are facing the Giants and that the Cowboys now coming off of that yes. that win, but they have to go and get a little bit softened up there against the 49ers. And, uh, and Eagles can can go against the Giants again. Yeah, I, I thought avoiding Dallas was probably the the best bet to move on from the divisional round, and they and, and they were able to do that. They would have had to play <laughs> Dallas. Minnesota did beat New York, so it kind of did kind of did work out well. And I think I think every Eagles fan would have signed up to play the New York Giants before the season started in the divisional round. Like for sure. Besides. Besides Seattle, I think you actually, I think you had the Giants as the team that you would most likely to play. I put Seattle as a team that I, or not most likely, but team you would want to play the most. And then I had Seattle, but here or there, the New York Giants are a good opponent for a team like the Philadelphia Eagles on a one on a first round bye. They beat them twice this year. I guess you can, we'll we'll, we'll say once, I guess, because the second yeah, game, yeah, really other game count. really didn't matter. You can't really get any. There's not much you can get from that second game. We're going to talk about the matchup in general and bring up a couple kind of tidbits from the second game. But the first game, in my opinion, means more. And you can gather more information because Giants were playing the starters. Eagles were playing the starters. The Giants did have a few guys that were missing in that game. Dex, not Dexter Lawrence, sorry. Dory Jackson wasn't playing. Um, I think Xavier McKinney wasn't playing. I, I could be wrong there, but there's a couple In the guys. Eagles game? Yeah, in the Eagles game in week four. Yeah, Dexter Lawrence wasn't playing as well. Dory Jackson, Xavier McKinney wasn't playing. So there were a few. So there were different. Uh, Aziz uh, Ojolari wasn't playing. I think there was a little bit of uh, of Thibodeau. I think he was in there for a little bit to begin with. He got, he got pulled a little bit uh, uh, later in the game. Giants had a very clear. Like we talked about this, they had a clear agenda if they wanted to hit Hurts as much as much as possible. Um, for I guess also for the I mean for football purposes, but also for the fact that they were probably going to face the Eagles again if they won. So of course they wanted to to get that. Um, to get as many hit, hits in there and kind of shake uh, shake the offense up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's dive into the matchup. Let, let's get right to yep. it. The Philadelphia Eagles, again, hosting New York Giants Saturday night. A um, couple uh, injury updates that came out yesterday. So Ling Johnson is going to play. He was a full participant in practice. That is absolutely <clears throat> massive for the Eagles. So just, yeah. uh, just a kind of a, a quick, cool stat. The Eagles are 59 29 and one with Lane Johnson in the lineup since he has become a Philadelphia Eagle. 10 and 22 without him. Big difference. When Lane Johnson yeah. plays, the Eagles are just a better football team. Um, if you want to know, if you want some context to that, you just look at the last two games Eagles played and you look at the right tackle and you look at the pressure coming from the right side and you can see, ah, oh, that's why. There's such a massive difference in how much pressure opposing teams get on the Eagles uh, when Lane Johnson is in there and when he isn't in there. For sure. We, we talked about on the last episode how Jack Driscoll was kind of been a weak point of this offense when he has had to play over the last couple of games. Teams are attacking him. They were they were isolating basically Jack Driscoll, making sure that they were using that weakness on the Eagles offensive line to benefit them. And you're not going to be able to do that across the board. The Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL when Lane Johnson is healthy. True, but other... also the coaching staff didn't really help out Jack Driscoll out. They didn't do any tight end chips or running back chips or anything like that. They didn't double team on to, to that side either, so I mean, they also kind of made it easy to isolate Jack Driscoll. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Eagles cornerback uh, Avante Maddox will be out. So he yep. has not practiced since this toe injury. Um, he, it happened. Didn't weeks. you see Joe Banner had him? Wasn't it Joe? No, not Joe Banner. 
uh, Eskin had him uh, like had the tweet saying that good to see Avanti Maddox back, and he was he was filming Andre Chasseré. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not see that. That's awesome. I gotta send that to you. That was, that was great. Howard, Howard stuff. Eskin. Howard Eskin. Yeah, it was Howard Eskin. Howard yeah, Eskin. Okay. Uh, classic Howard mistake. Yeah. Um, so he is out. He has not practiced. He has not practiced. Everybody he has not practiced. <laughs> he, is, he has not practiced since the toe injury. Was it? He got hurt in week fifteen, right? Or week sixteen? He's missed two games. Yeah, he's so missed two games. This will be his third straight game. He has not practiced since. Kind of worrisome if you if you're if you're the Eagles. If let's say they do move on, not looking like he's going to be a part of this playoff run. To be honest, um, just with kind of how things are going, I guess Usually, we'll we'll see, right? If they put him on IR now. To have yeah. more room to maneuver, it, it, like that should tell a lot because if they don't put him on IR, he's probably going to practice next week. I would assume. So that's it. That those are the injury updates on the Eagles side of the ball. They only had one guy with an injury designation. That's Avanti Maddox, and he's out. So there's nothing to worry about outside of that. No questionables. No, no. There's there's no probable designation anymore. No doubtfuls. Nope. Nothing like that, baby. The Eagles have one guy out. They are fully healthy. On the other side of the ball, I guess not the other side of the ball. The other team. Just, <coughs> excuse me. The New York Giants had one guy with a questionable designation, and that is Aziz Ojolari. He is questionable to play. Um, Giants reporters believe that he is going to play, um, if you kind of just look around the beat reports. But there's a few that are worrisome about how much snaps he's going to be getting. Yeah, so... he played seven snaps against the uh, against the Colts, and he played eight snaps against uh, Minnesota last week. So he's yeah. probably going to play, but he'll be in a, in, a, in a limited role most likely. And to me, that's huge because he is a – him and Kayvon Thibodeau went healthy or a very good pass rushing duo. Um, yeah. They're young. They're going to be good for a, for a while too. Like there's a really good young player, so to have one of those guys out really does help. The Eagles kind of focus on one dude, Kayvon Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence, are the two kind of guys in the defensive line that you want to worry about. Having Aziz Ojulari not at a hundred percent and playing up to his potential definitely uh, benefits the Eagles. Yeah, and when you have Le- Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence in the middle, and when they're when they're healthy, that that four man uh, four man front there with Aziz Kayvon and those two guys. I mean, it's a nasty front, but I mean, you take one of them out, you got O'Shane Simonis or Jihad Ward as the other uh, defensive ends there. So, I mean, that uh, nowhere, nowhere near as scary. And you can do so much uh, from an offensive line perspective to kind of isolate up on uh, on that one side, uh, do it a lot of time with the pullers and the trap blocks, um, the way blocks as well. You know, they love to use that kind of stuff um, to kind of get going in the running game. They re- relied he- heavily on that in the blowout win against the Giants in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's dive into this matchup, man. I'm excited. Let's start <laughs> with the Philadelphia Eagles defense, <clears throat> the New York Giants offense. Um, I'll pass the ball to you. I'll let you yeah. open it up. I think the Eagles think? match up super well to the Giants. I mean, they when they have uh, quarterbacks that are more uh, more pocket uh, dependent than than athletic. Daniel Jones can run. We all know that he ran a lot against the Vikings as well. When he gets out the pocket and when the Lions will get out the pocket, he can, he he has some wheels. Uh, he's he's. I wouldn't call him athletic in that sense, but he's. I mean, he's he's sneaky fast. Um, but Vanilla Vic it, is his nickname. <laughs> Vanilla Vic, right? Uh, they actually put it on Pro Football Reference. Giants fans have like been pushing this nickname Vanilla Vic, and now okay. it's on Pro Football Reference. So okay, okay. <laughs> weird but <laughs> very weird yep um but yeah i think i think the eagles uh the eagles defensive line match up so well to it um their their ability to to create pressure and and also like they, they had they had the giants more figured out when in the first meeting in terms of that play action rollout and those boot actions where they get the the tight end coming out easy on in the flats the same thing that the giants love to run 
I mean, that that's really what you have to take take out of this game. I, mean, I, I know guys like Asaya uh, Hodgson uh, has been uh, coming out of nowhere. Darius Slayton has been doing his thing. Richie James sometimes gets in there, but but these aren't guys that you that you want to plan against. You wanna you wanna you wanna not really have Daniel Jones face too much zone. You want to put pressure in his face. You want to take away those easy yeah. options in the flat. Yeah. Um, this is a game where you have to you have to rely on your linebackers to play um, within a a simple scheme in terms of t- of taking away the running backs and the tight ends. You just let your your freakish defensive line uh, do their thing and and trust in in your James Bradbury, in your Chauncey Gardner Johnson, in your Darius Slade to lock down the guys on the back end. I think the Eagles, Eagles defense match up so well to this team. I 100% agree. I think this is where the game's going to be won. Um, I know it's just kind of a finicky thing to say, but I think if the Eagles can control the Giants defense and or Giants offense and hold them to under 20 points, there's no reason why that this Eagles team shouldn't win this game by at least a touchdown. The Giants are 14th in points per game on offense, so the kind of middle of the pack. Um, they've been an up-and-down offense all year. They started hot and kind of they, they tailed off towards the middle, and then they kind of got hot again towards the end. The big the big one for the Eagles to, to stop, in my opinion, is keeping Daniel Jones in the pocket, taking away his rushing lanes, and making sure that he doesn't run wild. His rushing ability kind of killed the Vikings last week. Um, he was able to kind of run wild. He, he There was actually a point. Did you, did you catch that point where they called, like, another quarterback design run, and he was, like, tired? You could see he's, like – it was in the Vikings. It was in the Vikings end. Like they were like at the ten yard line. Dale Jones was completely gassed. Like they ran him like three <laughs> times in a row. Dale Jones, you can tell, like stop fucking calling this play. Like I'm done. Um, He's just gonna I go thought, ahead and stumble again. And yeah, I call it. Was, thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like I, I think controlling him, making sure Dale Jones doesn't kind of go crazy. Eagles have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season so it's something that to keep an eye on um they're yeah. gonna i might i'm assuming this has been a big part of the game plan this week you know <laughs> i guess even to last week when when before they realized they're playing the giants make sure that the quarterback does not escape the pocket i think the best way to do that is to have a spy most of the time and have that play spy, spy on on vanilla vic as some as in third downs 100 right, right. i yep. think you got it I, I, especially on later downs, I think you have to have some sort of spy. Yeah, not I want to go similar game plan to <clears throat> what the Dolphins ran against the Bills, which I the, the Dolphins fired their defensive coordinator yesterday, and I actually thought they played okay against the Bills, but their game plan was very funny or very interesting, I guess. They blitzed the hell out of Josh Allen, and they took away the rushing lanes. So they were blitzing. They were making sure that all the running gaps were, were, were clogged up. Josh Allen couldn't escape the pocket. He had to stay inside the pocket and beat them. And of course, Josh Allen is a much better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So I think that's a good way to go about this. Send five, send six, send seven guys sometimes if you want. I think they have to kind of gouge up or gear up their, their blitzes. The Eagles are not a very high blitz frequency team, but I think that has to be changed in this game. And I would play more man-to-man. I would be heavy on man-to-man early in the game, see how Daniel Jones reacts to it. If he's beating it, if they have a bunch of good, if they have good man beaters, then 100% you can you can adapt. But that's how I would kind of start off this game. Have a game plan where you're basically saying James Bradbury, Darius Slay, CJ Garner Johnson are better than yep. your wide receivers. Let's go through the Eagles. Let's go through the Giants wide receiver depth chart. Thomas, are any of these guys scare you? Isaiah Hodgins, does he scare you? Maybe a little bit. He's playing pretty well. The only thing that scares me about the Giants offense is is Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley. 
Yeah, I agree. Richie James, Darius Slayton, I guess. Darius Slayton can get deep. Um, but these are like I would take the Eagles defensive backs one on one in man against those Giants wide receivers any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, they, they've they've seen now for 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 a couple of weeks that that Darius Lake can absolutely be beat over the top. There's also been occasions where James Bradbury has been beat, but they just didn't see it. Especially in the, in the Giants game, there was a couple of occasions of that. So they're going to target that. They're going to go deep, take their shots, establish the play action. I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Saquon Barkley early, heavy dose of of boots, um, of boot play action run, um, play action passes. And then it's going to be those deep shots, uh, occasionally coming in there for a. Foreign Isaiah Hodgkin or, um, or or basically whatever. But I think it's going to be like it's going to be down to to like you said, keeping keeping Dan Jones in the pocket, hitting him a lot, and stopping Saquon Barkley. Then you have this Giants team wrapped up. So I think the Giants are going to incorporate more kind of deep shots in this game, like you said. They have to if you're going to beat this Eagles team, they're going to have to kind of <clears> get some chunk plays. They're not going to be able to do what they did to the Vikings, kind of beat you slowly and score 30, 30 plus points. The thing is, is the Giants aren't very good at this getting deep. They finished they finished thirty seconds of dead last in the NFL in explosive plays this year with twenty three. The thirty first ranked team was thirty six. That's is this is passing deep, uh, explosive plays by the way. So not this is not include running. So this is Daniel Jones creating these. So they are thirteen less explosive plays than the next quarterback. In my opinion, that is kind of build right into what the Eagles want to do on defense, right? They Absolutely. not like they do not want that ball going overhead. No team does, but they are very adamant about it. Jonathan Gannon's kind of one of his big philosophies with his defense. So I, I do think that kind of builds into the Eagles' favor. Daniel Jones finished fifth in completion percentage this year out of all quarterbacks and 30th in air yards. So to put that in perspective, they like to beat you kind of on soft zone. Look at what happened that Vikings game. They picked them apart slowly but surely nickel and diming you and the Eagles are going to have to stop that. And I think the best way going back to my point is play some man up coverage. Yeah. And there's, there's gotta be more, the defense has to be more opportunistic. I mean, they didn't have courses cost a single turnover in the, in the game against the giants where they basically, they played Dave, Davis Webb, and, and nobody, they dropped four interceptions in that game. Didn't cost a single fumble. Uh, and and the D- Eagles turnover ratio has been flipped upside down in the second half of the season. Um, they've they've obviously committed more turnovers. Came with the with both in the Chicago game and also with the Gardner Minshew uh, games. Um, but the defense haven't really been able to get that lucky bounce, and they that they definitely need to to ramp that up in the playoffs um, because that's basically what what they had so much uh, luck with in pulling away from teams early in the early part of the of the, of the season. So that yeah. needs to get going again. They need to be more opportunistic and get these things going in their direction. And I know it's a lot of it is is a little bit of luck and and having the ball bounce in the right direction, but whenever uh they you have a ball hit you in the hands as a D, as a DB, you got to come up with it. 100%. Um okay, let's uh, co- before we move on to the Eagles offense for Giants defense, I think we need to spend more time on the Giants offensive line. So their offensive line across the board. Left tackle, Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas finished third in PFF's ranking um, out of all offensive linemen. Brandon Graham absolutely torched him in that Week 14 game. Brandon Graham was awesome against Andrew Thomas in that game. I think that's a matchup that you may want to exploit a little bit more. I don't know what Brandon Graham has on Andrew Thomas or if he studies him more than anyone else, but Brandon Graham did a very good job against Andrew Thomas in the, in the Week 14 matchup. Nick Gates at left guard, John Feliciano at center, Mark Lewinsky at right guard, and Evan Neal 
at right tackle. I want to zone in on Evan Neal at right tackle here. Thomas out of 83 offensive tackles. Evan Neal finished 82nd in PFS. Yeah, he's been torched when he played the Eagles. He has been bad. And I think that is a matchup the Eagles want to zone in on. I have a lot of Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. I would put those guys on Evan Neal all game. All game. Josh Sweat did a very good job against Evan Neal as well in, in that week 14 matchup. I think that's where you attack him. Man, Hassan Reddick had him spinning around yeah. in that game as well. I mean, yeah. I, Evan I, Neal was promising throughout the early part of the season, but his production, his grades, and production over lack of, of pressures allowed and his, his PFF grade it just skydived from the first point they played the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So that that's the guy that I would attack. I would I would I would find stunt blitzes. I, I would send I would send linebackers his way. I would do everything possible to make it uncomfortable for, for Evan Neal. This is his first playoff game, right? He's a rookie. He was a first round pick this year. He is stepping or not first playoff game, second playoff game, I guess. But he is stepping into uncharted territory here, divisional round in Philly at night. That's a guy that I, I think the Eagles could definitely take advantage of. And I'm assuming Jonathan Gannon has studied that up over the last couple of weeks while eating stuffed crust pizza. What is your opinion on a stuffed crust pizza, by the way? I have no opinion on anything pizza-related. It's the most stupid conversation ever. Why is it stupid? Because it's the best food on earth? Because we're we're discussing pizza in a playoff. I mean, there's been too much pizza talk on yeah, Twitter. It is so man, freaking you're annoying. Couple, you're allowed to take a couple minutes to talk about stuffed crust. It's a very important. You, you go. You go ahead. You go ahead and talk about pizza. <laughs> You're I'm having sit over here. I'm gonna okay. sit over here and just enjoy not being a part of all that conversation. The worst take I saw on, on Twitter about this was some guy, some Giants fans, were saying that the Eagles were cocky for admitting that they were eating stuffed crust pizza while watching. The game. It's like the Eagles are cocky for eating fucking food. Like, does that even make any damn sense? Like, <laughs> I thought that was absolutely insane, but. Um, Pizza gave me. I, I uh, I'm not a big Pizza Hut guy, so I was kind of um, a little disappointed in their choice of pizza. Thomas is having none of this conversation, so I will end it. But uh, <laughs> I do like stuffed crust, but I wouldn't have gone Pizza Hut route. Okay, um, Eagles offense versus the Giants defense. Yes. Give me, uh, give me what you're thinking so far about this matchup. He's going to fucking blow the DOS off on the Giants defense. I mean, Jalen Hurst is going to come back after this this injury thing and all the speculations of how much he was hurting after the, the first Giants game. And he's been full goal in practice. I mean, it the whole injury thing with him has been, I think, has been probably overblown because it was so obvious and they got on the injury report. I think we, if we had heard nothing about it, we would not have speculated one bit. We would have talked about how they kind of waltzed their way into the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Nothing really too fancy. Jalen Hurts has probably been resting. It'll be a, a rest on the practice report. I think he's fine. He's ready to go. He's going to he's gonna be the same old Hurts that we've seen throughout the season. He's going to be running all over the Giants team whenever he's presented the opportunity. And they shut down Justin Justin Jefferson pretty much in that first, uh, first playoff game. But there they're they going forced, up against an offense that have. They forced the Justin Jefferson thing. Like if yeah. you watch that game, there were three guys bracketing him the entire. They were they, bracketing him all the time. I mean, it was, it was that. You can't do that against Eagles offense. You can't right? do no, 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 no. You no. have no chance of doing that. Yeah, there, there is simply there's too much. There are too many weapons. It's going to be Devontae Smith. It's going to be AJ Brown. It's going to be Dallas Goddard, and a heavy dose of running the football against this Giants team. But I think it was really good to have that game actually against the Giants um, moving into the first seed because it showed how much Wink Martindale wanted to attack the, the offense. If there's one thing Eagles should have been working on while they were eating their pizzas or whatever, 
is 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 finding ways to beat that that blitz. Whenever Wink gets into a an idea of how much he wants to 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 blitz and all the all the presses he's sending, the cover with zero behind it. Um, they got to be dialing up the tight end blitzes. They got to be dialing up the easy crosses across the middle, uh, the, the 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 draws. The I mean, all this kind of thing here um, has to be has to be in the works here for the for the Eagles. And I think they're going to be high flying. I mean, maybe not from the get go. It might be a little bit of a ramp up that like we're going to see in the first playoff game, this and that. But they're scoring thirty points in this game easily, in my opinion. I agree. I think there's so there's a couple of things I I want to talk about. Maybe the disadvantages, not disadvantages. Uh, I guess maybe the weaknesses that the Eagles have that the Giants can't exploit. Um, there's one stat that I that I that I uh, that I dug up that I think is uh, quite interesting. Jalen Hurts against man blitzes. So if you are blitzing with man-to-man coverage behind you, he is the Eagles or he is second in the NFL in EPA per play at carving that up. So if you blitz with man coverage, he's basically going deep to Devonta Smith. He's going deep to Adrian Brown. He's finding that one-on-one matchup. He's exploiting it. Against zone blitzes, Jalen Hurts is 30th in EPA per play against zone blitzes. So he is not a guy that you – I guess you don't want him – or you, if you're the Eagles, you don't want him diagnosing a coverage in two seconds, basically. You want you want the ball out quick if that's going to happen. Now, what's interesting, what the Giants' game plan was from week 14 to week 18 – in week 14, 77% of their blitzes that they sent at Jalen Hurts were man-to-man blitzes. In week 18, 68% of the blitzes that the Giants sent were zone blitzes. So this is something that they found in the film, they found in the stats, and they translated that in that four-week, or I guess five weeks from week 14 to week 18. Again, I'm assuming that while the Eagles were eating stuffed crust pizza and while they were dying, while they were getting ready for this Giants game, this is something that came to their attention and that they will be looking to fix, I guess, if that makes sense for this game. That is the one aspect of the Giants defense that I think can hurt the Eagles offense is if they can get Jalen Hurts running around, head down, looking at the pass rush, kind of similar to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff game in 2001, Jalen Hurts, and not have his eyes downfield. That's that's what they're going to be looking to do. Yeah, but also just the main factor that you could so clearly tell in the Giants in the second game here with against the Giants, Jalen Hurts was told, "Don't run it. Whatever you do, yeah, sure, don't run. One, so one away, run. One design run. One design run. One design run. Yeah, but also, I mean, he, he had a couple a couple of plays where he where he, one that where he ran himself because he got pushed up the middle, but he so very clearly was told, "You're you're not going to take hits on on runs. Just throw the ball away. We'll and and we'll, we'll take it from there." And that's not good. That's not going to be the case here. So I am not a big. We're not big run the ball guys. Me and you. We're not. Um, not this much this year, no. No, we're not. Yesterday, like, we're, uh, excuse me. Uh, last year was was very different. We were run the ball a lot kind of guys. But in general, you and I are more of a oh, right, new yeah. school offensive kind of thinking people. For we sure. like to go get the ball downfield. We're not the concussion uncle run the ball guy. I'm going to be the concussion uncle run the ball guy in this game. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? The Giants are 27th in rushing yards allowed this season. The Eagles ran for 253 rushing yards in week one, 254. There was a quarterback sneak. So basically the Eagles dominated on the ground. And the Giants were third, are 30th in EPA per play at stopping the run all season. This is a team that you can run on. Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott need to be heavily involved in this game plan. I think early, get them on their heels, 
push them back, and that will open up some holes for Jalen Hurts in the passing game. I am going to be a concussion uncle, run the ball guy on the division round. What do you say, Thomas? I am 100% with it. Also, it would be a good chance for Miles Sanders to show that the last uh, uh, audition for for a, a contract extension with the Eagles, if we can go out in the playoff game and really dictate the the tempo of the offense. Yeah. He they he's had he had a very weird kind of last few games of the season. Yeah, yeah. If anything, the last few games of the season have just been weird overall. But yeah, he had yeah. It's it's almost it's hard to kind of even like kind of take stuff from those Dallas and New Orleans New Orleans games. So he had eleven carries against the Bears, twenty one against the Cowboys, and that that was a really tough game for the run run offense. 12 against the Saints, 11 against the Giants in the last game. He had, Since that Giants game in week 14 where he had 17 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns, he's basically been an afterthought in this offense. Um, and that has to change. Again, I'm not the biggest Miles Sanders guy in the world, but I I, uh, I, I do believe that he has to be a focal point of this offense on, on Saturday. Yeah, I, I guess for me it doesn't really matter if it's Ken Gainwell or Miles Sanders. So I just need to the run game to get going. Or Boston Scott. Or Boston Scott. Or Boston – can't forget. Giants Especially not this week. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see uh, Brian Dayball's reaction to being asked about Boston Scott? No. So I saw Wink Martindale that it was pre. Uh, I think, pre. Yeah, it was Wink. I don't know if it was Dayball or Wink. You're right. It might have been Wink, Wink. said it was be. It was. It was. Uh, it was time. Pre, yeah, it was before his time. So and he didn't really have an opinion. On time. It. It's a lie. He scored two touchdowns on you this year and had a big kick return. So I don't know what what, what Wink's talking about, yeah. but he denied, or I think Dayball denied that he's a Giants killer. I. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know how involved Boston Scott's going to be. No, I don't. I don't know either. But it's it's a fun way. It's a fun way to go about it. Um. Okay. I don't know if there's much else to add on to this. Um, the Eagle, the Giants, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll say the Giants' defense is going to be different than they played in Week 14. Like you said, Dexter Lawrence, Adoree Jackson, Xavier McKinney did not play. Those guys are in. Any worry about Dexter Lawrence against this Eagles offensive line? Nope. No. I do think the matchup, like Jason Kelsey is usually better at stopping smaller defensive tackles. Dexter Lawrence is an absolute monster. So I do think they're going to want to help Jason Kelsey with some chip. <clears throat> the only worry I have is is the is the offensive line as a total and how they're going to be picking up blitzes as a unit, especially. But the running backs play a, a big part in that as well. I guess the pass protection in general of, of how they messed up against the Giants here the last time they played, I think that is more of a worry. But one on one isolated Dexter Lawrence against the Eagles interior line, no, I'm not worried. Um, one other thing that I wanted to uh, one other thing that I wanted to throw out there just from the Eagles offense with Giants defense, I think this is going to be a massive Dallas Goddard game. The New York Giants are awful up the middle. If you just take a look at their linebackers, Jalen Smith, Micah McFadden, and Landon Collins and Gerard Davis are their linebacking core. The worst linebacking core in the NFL. And then over the middle, you have Xavier McKinney and Fabian Morrow. The New York Giants, over the last four games against the tight ends, they've allowed 33 catches, 319 yards, two touchdowns. I think you have to attack that middle of the field. You can use Dallas Goddard. You can use you can use wide receivers. But in my opinion, this is going to be a massive Dallas Goddard game. And another way, another thing is too. What if I was the Eagles' offense? What I would do is I would use a lot more two tight end sets. I would use a lot of Dallas Goddard. Maybe even have Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra in there because that gets the Giants in base defense. You want more linebackers and safeties on the field if you're the Eagles than cornerbacks or the Giants. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. 
Anything else? Anything else on this matchup, Thomas? No, I think we're good to go. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good about this game, to be honest. I've, I, like I said, I think the, 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 the week off, getting away from you know the stress of Eagles playing games and, and the last stretch of games they've had there here in the, in the season, then General Hurts injury and all that, and Lane Johnson come back, I just feel there's a good vibe to it right now. I agree. I'm uh, getting more confident day by day. I think this is, again, this is a very good matchup for the Eagles in the divisional round. Um, I you think... want to go prediction time? Yeah, that's what we're going here. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I think the Giants are going to keep this close throughout the kind of uh, beginning of the game. I think they'll keep it close up until maybe like midway through the third quarter. I think the Eagles start to pull away. Um, I'm going Philadelphia Eagles 31, New York Giants 17. Ooh, okay. 31-17. So we almost have the same margin of victory. I have 21 Giants, 34 Eagles. A little bit of a high-score matchup. For the Eagles, I'd say. Let me throw something your way before we go. Um, okay. The New York Giants finished dead last in kickoff coverage this year. Ooh. Who returned kicks for the Eagles down the stretch? Was it Boston Scott? Or was it Brent? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who And who's Boston Scott again? Yeah. He's a Giants killer. Do we see a kick return coverage or kickoff return? In that case, Wink Martindale will after the game, he'd be like, Oh, he didn't score in the defense. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was digging up so many random stats, and that's one that I that I dug up. The the, the New York Giants are not Love good it. at stopping kickoff. So all right. Maybe a Brent Covey touchdown. So we, we 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 need our if you're saying we need we need the special teams to win this game. I'm, I'm not saying we need, I'm saying it could happen. I'm right. saying there's potential the worst unit to get their first special team touchdown of the year. All right. Any last words? Go Bears, baby. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Make sure to check out our sponsors, True Classic and BetterHelp. Make sure to like, subscribe to the podcast. Thomas and I will be back. I think we're recording on Sunday after the game. Hopefully a victory yep. recording. So hopefully the Eagles have won and we're talking about who the Eagles will be playing in the divisional round. We won't if they do, they won't find out till Sunday night. But anyways, I'm Thomas or I'm Brendan Deek. I'm not Thomas Peterson. You are Thomas Peterson. <laughs> I am tired, is what I am. And we'll talk to you later. End the old year with a new you in clothes that will give you the confidence to tackle those 2023 resolutions. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic, you'll have everything you need to hit the gym, take it slow, or treat yourself to something nice. Let's get snatched in 2023. Daddies, I'm talking to you. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so. For a limited time, only get 25% off with code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. That's why True Classic seems designed t-shirts to make fellows of all sizes out to feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that can be achieved by every body type. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. That's 25% off with code DOINK plus free shipping included on purchase over $100. New year, new me, and new tees. Thanks to True Classic.